Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Do you remember what you wanted to be when you grew up? Maybe an athlete or an architect, a movie star or a musician? Well, I invite you today to travel back with me to Aurora, Illinois in the mid-1960s where a teenager with a fascination for forecasting began to make his mark. I'd hang out at the radio station on the weekends and cut the grass and wash the windows. They always wondered who this Tom Skilling was. They didn't realize it was a 14-year-old kid. Though not without its struggles. I was living at a poverty-level income. You know, oftentimes it was a decision of whether you paid the car insurance or you ate. I was scared to death. I I never had much confidence in myself. I always thought they were going to fire me. As technology and weather predictability morphed and advanced into what we know today, his name, career, and reliability would become legendary far beyond Chicagoland. And lo and behold, the phone rings. It's WGN. I was surprised he said, we'd like to offer you a job. I'm Jim Hankey, and this week, WBBM sits down with everyone's favorite meteorologist, Tom Skilling, whose retirement leaves behind a massive impact on Chicago broadcasting. Let's get looped in, Chicago. Next Wednesday, February 28th, will mark Tom Skilling's last day on the air at Channel 9, WGN-TV, as he retires from his post as Chicago's most known and trusted meteorologist after 45 years at the station. Recently, WBBM morning anchor Cisco Cotto was welcomed into Skilling's home to discuss what has driven his passion for weather from an early age and his decades of service to Chicagoland in sunshine, sleet, rain, and snow. This is a two-part interview with the second episode airing next Wednesday, February 28th, to coincide with Tom's final day on the air. Enjoy. I'm Cisco Cotto with WBBM News Radio, and I am having a lovely conversation with Tom Freakin' Skilling. <laughs> Cisco, it is a pleasure. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for making yourself available. I, the first thing I want to ask is what's on everyone's mind. You, you're walking away from this career, yeah. legendary career. What was that process like? How do you get to the point where you say, all right, now's the time? This is uncharted territory for me. I've worked since I was a teenager, and believe me, the process was an extended one. I I started thinking about this. I, I think there were a couple things that motivated it, but one was just the deadlines, uh, the length of the day, and the traffic, fighting the traffic going into work. 
I'll never be able to, you know, divorce myself from my love of the weather. It's probably more intense now than it was when I was a little kid. And my parents could never quite figure out where that came from because nobody in the family was involved in meteorology. I had a psychic tell me one time that I'd been a ship captain in a previous life. I'm not sure whether I buy that, but it, it's as good an explanation of where this crazy interest in the weather came from. So as a, as a young child, I mean, yeah. you, so you're, you're at, I have to say, West Aurora High School. I have yes. to say that you're from Aurora. I'm from Aurora. If I don't mention that, the people in Aurora get very upset. Yes. So I, I have to mention that. Sure. Uh, so you're, you're at West Aurora High School, and already at that young age, you're in love with meteorology. Well, you know, it's interesting. I was born in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. We only lived there two years my dad was who was a mechanical engineer by trade he sold huge industrial valves to power plants and water treatment facilities he was transferred out to new york city he worked there and we lived in new jersey and he did the crazy hour and a half commute back and forth uh, until I was in the seventh grade, 1965, and my dad was transferred out to Aurora by Henry Pratt Company. Oh, yeah. That terrible shooting was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's the best move we ever made. We realized, if I, and I don't think I had any doubt, that uh, I'm more acclimated to the Midwestern uh, style of living and, and the people of the Midwest. Uh, I found people here very friendly. I'll tell you something. I rode a radio station out in Aurora, and I was thinking a radio station could do anything. Sure, yeah. And I'm told it was an eight-page letter uh, <laughs> with the audacity to suggest that I would do a better forecast for Aurora than they were getting from Chicago. And uh, the program director there, a fellow by the name of Rusty Tim, followed up, came over and uh, uh, said, let's drive into the then Weather Bureau down on Woodlawn Avenue on the University of Chicago campus, because that's where the forecasts were done at the time for Illinois, uh, Indiana, and Wisconsin. They did all the forecasts, as well as the Great Lakes. So we drove in, we talked to a fellow by the name of Joe Folks, who is the meteorologist in charge of the Chicago office, and said, is there any chance we could get some weather maps? And he said, well, he said, uh, if, you'll, uh, self, if you'll address envelopes, stamp them for us, and pay for the reproduction of the maps. They plot a lot of maps in the office there because they had an aviation desk. They had a public desk. And so they would hand plot a surface map, get others by facsimile from the National Meteorological Center in Washington, and they would distribute copies of these maps. So they're going to run off an extra copy, put it in an envelope, and send it to me. I, I found out years later that only two sets of maps were set out of the Chicago Forecast Office. One went to Argonne National Laboratory, and the other one went to Tom Skilling. <laughs> and I later worked uh, with four awesome people when we were doing the Tribune weather page. Uh, we brought four 40-plus-year National Weather Service veterans into our team, uh, and we produced the weather page. And one of them... Um, had packed up these envelopes, these uh, weather maps years before, and he said they always wondered in the office who this Tom Skilling was that they were sending it to, and they didn't realize it was a 14-year-old kid who Joe Folks had agreed to send it to. Who, who wanted a better suburban forecast. Yeah, exactly. I, you know, that, that I would even propose that, because I wasn't a really 
I wasn't real sure of myself. I'm amazed I, I uh, had put that down in a letter. So what, did you end up working at the radio station? Because I mean, I'm yeah. thinking at, at age 14, I'm working at McDonald's in Aurora, yeah. and you're you're uh, already a weather forecaster on the radio. Well, I'll tell you, uh, my suspicion is Cisco that you're you're. Uh, uh, path has been like mine. I, I'm sure you started at a fairly young age in this business, and uh, it's a wonderful way to learn. I mean, you yeah. know, to actually do it. I'd hang out at the radio station on the weekends and cut the grass and wash the windows, and they they pop me on the FM. Uh, but always, my my the love of weather and and the weather program that I did before I went to high school with these weather maps that were sent to me was my first passion, and I hadn't anticipated going into media meteorology uh but that's how that came about it was an inquiry about getting some current weather maps well all good things start in radio Tom. Yeah, yeah. i just oh, want you to know <laughs> it's amazing i you know my radio i i think everybody in our line of work ought to start in radio uh because the skills that you develop in radio and of course you guys at wbbm have carried this uh, to a whole new level, uh, as have my colleagues at WGN. Sure. Uh, it, it, it's amazing the uh, skills you pick up uh, uh, through radio. And when you, when you move into television, you're just adding video or, you know, pictures to what you, the skills you learned in, uh, in communication skills uh, in your radio work. Yeah, the ad-libbing skills are yes, huge. Yes, exactly. Especially, you, you have weather events and, and you're, you're getting all this information out. Yes. You need to be able to think and talk and, and sound coherent at so the same true. time. It's, it's so a true. challenge. Yes. So you uh, you get you work at the radio station in Aurora. You do some forecasting there. That's high school. Yeah. Then you go to UW Madison. Yes. And so you already know that you want to be a forecaster in some capacity. Yes. Uh, at UW Madison, man, it, it had to be a whole different world compared to now. You, you got you don't have satellite images. I mean, you don't have that no. sort of ability to to decide what's going to happen. What was done up at the University of Wisconsin uh, Madison uh, by the Department of Oceanic Atmospheric and Oceanic Sciences up there was to revolutionize the entire field of meteorology. UW Madison is the birthplace of satellite meteorology. And do you realize when we put satellites up there, uh, we were suddenly able to peer down on the 70% of the planet that was poorly observed because it's ocean. Sure. Uh, and if you're going to run computer models that tell you how the atmosphere is going to evolve and what your weather is going to do, you've got to know what's going on over the oceans. Because uh, to make a forecast for Chicago, uh, your models have got to have a grasp on what's going on around the whole planet. Because a buckle in the jet stream off Japan can immediately lead to upstream and downstream buckles in the jet stream that can affect where your weather is coming from on the other side of the planet over here in Chicago. So it's one great big interconnected system. They always say what goes on in Las Vegas stays at Las Vegas, or uh, you know, but that's not true in the atmosphere. What goes on in the Arctic or out in the equatorial Pacific or on the other side of the planet has a real impact because this is one vast interconnected system. And if you're going to understand how it's working in one spot, you've got to understand the big picture. So let's talk about the TV career, because you, huh. you, you, you UW-Madison, you graduate, you you work for a few years in Milwaukee, right? Is that yes. or is, Was there a, a gig before that? No, there was. Uh, I, I, I left Madison prior to graduation. Um, Did you ever graduate? I, I didn't graduate formally, but I have 
uh, subsequently received four um, honorary doctorates. Uh, you know, Wait, been, so you never actually graduated no, from Madison? No, no, I didn't know that. No, no. I, I tell you what happened. Now my kids are going to say, if Tom Skilling doesn't have to graduate from college, why do I have to graduate oh, from college, I'll, I'll Dad? Tell you something. You know, it was interesting. When I was coming along, you weren't trained for a media weather career. You were trained to either be a meteorologist or a media person. And, and you know, I found that I had a, a job offer from Jacksonville, Florida. It was the home base of the uh, Navy Hurricane Hunters. And uh, also, it was a tropical weather location. I had no experience with tropical weather. Um, I had uh, uh, always wanted to go down there and just see how the weather operated there and possibly get on a hurricane recon flight, which I w was able to do. I also learned how to shoot film down there. We were going to ENG, the minicams. We had radar at that station, which was interesting. It was a little aircraft ABQ-10 radar. And I thought, boy, would that be fun to have my own on-site radar. That was pretty novel stuff when I was... Uh, when in, in that era, back in the uh, 1970s, early 1970s. So um, I talked to one of my advisors, and I said, look, you know, I've had this job offer. It came out of the blue, and there are some things I'd like to do down there. And he said, well, you know, give it a whirl. And I did. And, you know, I wouldn't go back and do it any other way. I, um, I learned things I never would have learned uh, staying in just the classroom. And... Uh, and it, it's, you know, I always tell everybody I've got a Ph.D. in practical experience. I, it's, uh, it, it's Which is huge. The textbooks can only teach you so much. They can teach you a lot, but they can only teach you so much. When we come back, Tom gets the call to join Channel 9 after a bit of a puppet kerfuffle. Stay tuned. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. So you, uh, you decide, hey, I, I have something here. I think I can do both. Not yeah. everyone can. I think yeah. I can do the media side and the meteorology side. Uh, you have a stint in Milwaukee. I was making $40 a month at, at that time <laughs> because I put in my own 
uh, weather map facsimile machine and teletype. The station wouldn't put that in. So I paid for that myself. And uh, so I was living at a poverty level income. Uh, you know, oftentimes it was a, a decision of whether you paid the car insurance or you ate. And then when Milwaukee called, I thought, oh, a chance to get back into my beloved Midwest where there's actually there are seasons. Uh, there are in North Florida, but not like up here. I'd sit down there and I'd watch these nine, you know, 992 millibar lows, uh, winter storms going across the Midwest. And I'd think to myself, what am I doing down here? You know, <laughs> but you, you wanted love. real weather. You actually you want So Milwaukee, B- Midwest men, hey, I can actually cover weather events. Oh, here. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was just fascinating. And, and you know, m- tools were coming online. We were just starting to get computer models. Uh, you know, tools like Doppler radar were being developed in the laboratories. Uh, satellite imagery was suddenly available to us when I started. You didn't have real-time satellite imagery. That was in the research labs of the land, not out in the operational weather offices where we produced weather forecasts. So uh, this this was amazing to watch this come online. So you spent a few years in Milwaukee, and then yes. August of 1978, if I have that yes. right. By the way, I worked with a puppet up there, too. Uh, with a puppet? A puppet in Milwaukee. Not my idea. Uh, when I was going to school in Madison, the kids who came from Milwaukee said, you know what you need when I was doing part-time weather on the weekends? You need a puppet. I said, no, I don't need a puppet. Uh, and I was always amazed. Well, this station called me. And they said, uh, it was a great station. Um, and they said, look, we've got a puppet. And I said, I know. I've heard about that. I said, he said, the, the puppet's going back to the kids' show from which it had come in the gimmicky 1960s. <laughs> and, um, but we want a more scientific approach. Would you come and at least work with the puppet for a couple of months until we transition uh, the puppet back to the kids' show? And I thought, well, you know, I was desperate enough to get back to the Midwest that I said, yeah, and I knew they were a solid television station. They, they told me at the time we're going to put in a, an advanced radar system and, and so forth, and they did. Um, so, but they announced to the public that the puppet was going back to the uh, kids' show, and the mail started coming in. <laughs> <laughs> there were there were mailbags stacked in the news director's office from the floor to the ceiling. They there a story had run on I think on page twenty four, section four of the Milwaukee Journal that the puppet <laughs> Albert the Alley Cat was going back to the kids show, and the mail started coming in. I remember one of the letters said, "If you take that puppet off the weather show." Uh, that's like killing my family pet, and uh, I'm not watching you. Wow! Again. So, so, so did the puppet stay? The puppet ended up staying. It it prolonged his his life, <laughs> and the American Meteorological Society came to me and said, uh, "You know, your seal." I had explained to them the circumstance under which I'd gone to work there that the puppet was going back to the kids show and all, but. Uh, they, uh, my seal was challenged, and, but it turned out the president of the American Meteorological Society was the chancellor of the University of Wisconsin, uh, Milwaukee, and knew all about what was going on, what must have seemed uh, crazy to anybody else. And it did to me, too, for a long time until I worked. You know, the puppet was innocent. What he did was people knitted him little outfits uh, promoting church bazaars and, and community events. And he would briefly appear at the day. It was done by a guy by the name of Jack Dublon. He was the puppeteer. 
and uh, he would run Albert, and they always built a new setup there where he could sit down and put the puppet up uh, on the end of his hand, and uh, we we would talk, and he would promote these community events. That was the puppet's fun. So the puppet wasn't the forecaster. No, it was you know. And now for the seven day forecast, here's the puppet. What was the puppet's name? Uh, Albert the Alley Cat. Albert the now, Alley Cat. Now understand, you had Mister Science here is talking dew points and jet streams and scaring the devil out of these news consultants who came in and said nobody knows what jet streams and dew parts are, and you're too complex for people and all the rest. So I was getting, <laughs> I was getting it from the consultants that I was too scientific and too jargon and inclined and. I always I use jargon, but I explained what it meant, and uh, and then on the other hand, uh, the public was mad because they were going to take the puppet off the weather show. So it must have been quite interesting to watch this to have this young uh, forecaster who is really into the science next to a puppet on the show. You know, uh, let me tell you, may that never ever ever happen in the media world again. We do not need puppets to do the weather. So you come to Channel Nine, and is that yeah. one of the stipulations? Is it just as long as you oh, know? They, because they have a history of puppets there at Channel oh, Nine. No, you know, no, know. no, keep the puppets over there. Absolutely, no, they were aware of that. And it was funny because I kind of got into it with the uh, the management up in Milwaukee. Uh, when I'd go in with a tornado warning, they were slow in getting that on the air. And I was concerned about that. And uh, the word got to upper-level management that I was a troublemaker because I was mad. I, I envisioned a tornado going through the community, and anybody watching uh, television stations flicking between them would realize we hadn't gotten the warning on. This was my fear. So they called me in and said, uh, you know, you're agitating and making trouble. And I told my my father about that. And he said, uh, hang up, and I'm going to dictate to you your resignation letter. And my father was not a hothead, but he traveled. He was a salesperson, and he would hear about my weather shows, and people liked our weather shows up there. Uh, we were the number one station in Milwaukee. And uh, so anyway, uh, I resigned, and lo and behold, the phone rings. It's WGN, Jack Jacobson, the operations director. And I was, I was surprised. He said, look, he said, I've got a proposition for you. Uh, our general manager has a place in Lake Geneva and watches Milwaukee television, and he's seen you. Uh, how would you like to come down here to WGN and do some weekend shows? And if they work out, there's a p- potential for a job down the line. And if they don't, at least you can see did a couple of shows in the Chicago market. Well, I didn't think I was ready. I was pretty young. And I, I talked regularly with uh, John Coleman and Harry Bowman. I called John. I said, look, I've, I've got an offer, but John, I'm going to pass on it because uh, I don't think I'm ready. He said, nonsense. He said, I know for a fact they've been looking for uh, a year. And in fact, it turned out that John had been the one who had said, look at this kid up in Milwaukee doing the weather. He put my name in front of them, and, and that had been one of the, uh, the reasons they had looked at me. So uh, on John's advice, I, I said, okay, I'll come down and do it. I was scared to death. Uh, came down and did the weekend shows, and they called me that Monday and said, look, we'd like to offer you a job. And that's how my career started at WGN. When you got on the air at, at WGN, yeah. being a local guy, yeah. is there this 
the sense of the weight of that? Like, is there a feeling oh. like I, I finally made it, you know, here here in my hometown sort of a thing? You know, I was scared to death. I, I never had much confidence in myself. I always thought they're going to fire me uh, for one reason or another. And uh, so, no, I, I didn't I just I think the view then was do your work and hope like heck that this all works, uh, you know, and uh, fearful that it might not. And what would happen after that, you know? So, and, and, and even if friends and family get to watch, you, you don't want them to watch you no. uh, your demise there exactly. on, on, on TV. And do you know it was interesting? Um, you know, WGN, uh, the station I worked for up in Madison, operated the cable operation up in Madison, and they would import the WGN signal, and we had it. WGN would be up in a conference room. I never, in my wildest dreams, ever dreamed I'd be working at WGN, but. Um, uh, it, it came to pass. And uh, I remember, uh, you know, you'd get rumors that they weren't happy with what you were doing and all that. There'd be uh, newspaper critics and all that suggested uh, in suburban newspapers, I was told, that uh, they're not happy with them. They'll probably replace them at all. And I remember talking to Bob Collins, who was our, he shared an office right in the little cubicle area where the weather office was at the time. He said, uh, you know, kid, he said, if you last five years in the Chicago market, chances are uh, you you might have a career and might last here. Well, here it is, 45 years later, and lo and behold. It, You're not still afraid they're going to let you go, are you? You know, I'm, I'm not anymore, no. <laughs> well, I, you told them you're retiring. I, that sort I of did. takes care of that. I did, it does. <laughs> I, I know. But, I, you know, I don't think I ever took for granted that the job was was solid. And, you know, in a way, that's good. It keeps you on your toes. It's a heck of a way to live, but I, you know. I, you never I, take it for granted, then. No. And that longevity that you mentioned, that, that ends up being huge, right? Because you, you have uh, uh, viewers who they know the people, they trust the people, yes. they feel like they're part of the family. Yes. And it's the same in radio, but in TV, you're actually seeing the people. And that sort of longevity, that sort of relationship building is just key to being successful. It really is. It really is. Um, you know, I, I've often thought some of the, the, the management approaches is, is what might be called in some respects benign neglect. Uh, and I don't mean that in a negative way. Um, the, the philosophy of WGN is you hire people who are competent in their area of expertise and, and uh, what they're doing on the air, and you let them do your, their thing. So I, I had, I think, freedoms that I might not have had in other places. Um, and, you know, my whole career, I've dealt with news consultants, talent coaches, and all the rest. And, uh, I, you know, who knows how you make it through that quagmire. I mean, it's a dog-eat-dog proposition. And I'm kind of amused uh, coming up on my 72nd birthday to look back at it all now <laughs> and realize, for gosh sakes, I made it all the way through this dog-eat-dog routine and and uh, survived somehow. Yeah, you, you, it's it's decades of white-knuckling it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> to get there. And, and I, I think you better white-knuckle it. I, it's been my experience, the people that aren't uh, white-knuckling it maybe don't survive as long as some of the ones who do because I think those of us who take what we do very seriously are more inclined to be conscientious about our work and make trying to do the best we we possibly can. Remember, the second half of Cisco Cotto's interview with Tom Skilling will air next Wednesday, February 28th, to coincide with Tom's last day on Channel 9. 
This episode was produced, written, and hosted by me, Jim Hankey, with recording by Cisco Cotto. WBBM's news director is Craig Schwalb, and Myron Kaplan is our managing producer of National News Podcasts. You can follow us on TikTok at WBBM News Radio 105.9, as well as on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at WBBM News Radio for visuals related to all of our episodes. Thanks for listening, and we'll keep you looped in again right here next week. See you soon. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. Oh, 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 Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.